Lowe's knows top outdoor power equipment. And now's the time to get your yard ready for spring with Ego Outdoor Power Equipment starting at $219. Experience the latest innovations in outdoor battery power from Ego, like Speed IQ technology that adapts mower speed to your stride. Get continuous non-stop trimming with the Line IQ string trimmer and get added steering wheel precision with the E-Steer zero-turn mower. Shop Ego, the number one rated brand in cordless outdoor power. Only at Lowe's today. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Tuesday episode of the show. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV50 to receive your bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and bet online is where the game starts. Kyle, happy Tuesday to you. Happy Tuesday, indeed. Uh, week six is in the books, which means we are on to the 2021 rookie recap here on the Draft Dudes. Any uh, off-schedule programming we need to tackle first. We always seem to have some kind of fun BS topic. I don't have one today, so I don't know if you guys had something that you needed to get off your chest before you get into it. I mean, we could talk about Joe's intro to the show today if we'd like. Mm. Struggle okay. busting a little bit. He was. Be fair, he, he was up late last night. I mean, he, yeah, he I, was. I wish I had the problem of having my team play primetime games. But... <laughs> You know, there's nothing but better than I, 1 o'clock on a Sunday, brother. Let me just tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, how about 9.30? So when they ruin your day, you still have all to watch other games. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're uh, we're both. This is a vic, uh, not a victory week for anybody here on this podcast. Excuse me? But not a loser week for some of us. Right. So. Yeah, we'll see you in a few weeks. Thanks, but. Chris. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so, so. Segue, uh, we don't have a Zach Wilson re, uh, appearance to reflect Bummer. on, but we saw some other rookie quarterbacks this week, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Davis Mills, Justin Fields. A lot was made of Justin Fields in his first game against the uh, the Green Bay Packers. We know how that went. Um, I, I watched Lawrence. I watched Mac Jones this week. I I, I mean, I guess they're playing better in terms of them not all being awful. Like the first several weeks of the season, it felt like none of them were having great performances. And I feel like they're slowly but surely collectively playing better. And I, I'm guessing this was probably Trevor Lawrence's best game. Yeah, I think Trevor was really effective and he settled into that game well. And I was surprised Miami really only heated him up and took exotic looks kind of in the last 10 minutes of that game or so when they were trying to, you know, get the ball back and, and cut a couple uh, instances short. 
Uh, I think obviously not having Xavier Howard and Byron Jones for Miami helped. Um, you know, Trevor a couple of times just found number nine on the other side and said, all right, I'm going to throw back shoulder nine. And yeah. he couldn't find the football. But no, they were well-placed balls. And Marvin Jones did a really nice job adjusting to the football and making those catches. So uh, I thought a lot of pre-snap awareness uh, from Trevor. Uh, he's obviously, from an athleticism standpoint, he's he's a challenging quarterback to corral. And um, I would agree with you with the assertion that this was probably the best game that he's played. Uh, so credit to, to him for oh, staying the course and being steadfast. And he finally got the, uh, the first dub of his NFL career. Mac Jones um, came close to getting the second dub of his NFL career, but, you know, Cowboys had some different ideas so, in that football are game. You, but I, are you not counting the win against the Jets? I said a second win, didn't I? Oh, it would have been his yeah, third. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been his third. Yeah. Not, you know, not math, math guys. So. Yeah. yeah, don't draft this to math. Um, so Mac <laughs> is starting, t- and it's it's a trend that really happened probably week three, but you're seeing Mac push the ball a little bit more down the field, right? It's not so mm-hmm. much everything's close to the vest and things are opening up a little bit for him. Um, the, the efficiency in terms of completion percentage it continues to be really, really high. Um I I'm guessing Dallas, just like Trevor Lawrence, Dallas was probably Mac Jones's best game in the NFL to date. So I yeah. guess and his numbers were juiced a little bit by the long touchdown there in the final three minutes that put their final four minutes that put New England out in front, whatever the time was on that throw it was what, like a 70 something yard yeah. completion. Um, it in there, but his, his, yeah. His, and I don't know what the hell the safety was doing on that play, mm. but the um, the efficiency for only 21 passing attempts, the, the volume was so much lower than the other guys, right? Is Trevor had yep. 44 dropbacks. Davis Mills had 46 dropbacks. Justin Fields had 37 dropbacks. Mac Jones only had 23 dropbacks. So he's he's he has the infrastructure around him in which he's not being asked to, here, take the whole offense and the whole team and just go, go ahead and carry it as a rookie, right? And, and I think you're seeing him – make the most of those instances he's still very decisive with the football which you love his time to throw is only 2.24 seconds this past weekend uh so continuing to get the ball out but as you said he still has despite that low time to throw the average distance downfield is starting to grow and grow and grow and it was over eight and a half yards for his ADOT uh for this past week as far as average distance to push the ball feel bad for Justin Fields though by the way I mean this the drops are just brutal. Well, he had another three drops by receivers, mm. uh, but but I like what they've done in their offense to manufacture deeper throws. Uh, he, again, had the average distance of the deepest of the rookie quarterbacks. It was 12 and a half yards on average distance to target. And you think about what they were with Andy Dalton versus what they've become over the last two or three weeks with Justin Fields and you have seen them kind of embrace a different uh, area of the field for the heat map, if you will, to let him push the ball. And uh, I, I'm going to be really interested to see how he continues to kind of like what we talked about with Trevor Lawrence, stay the course amid the early adversity uh, with the drops and missed opportunities and, and how he continues to bounce back from it. Any other thoughts on these quarterbacks? Because I want to talk about Khalil Herbert. Let's talk about Clue Herbert since we're talking about the uh, the Chicago Bears. Bears. Yeah. 
Uh, obviously, David Montgomery getting injured was not great for Chicago, but I think the way Khalil Herbert has come in over the last two games and played really well for them uh, against Vegas in week five, 18 carries, 75 yards, uh, even better against Green Bay this past week, 19 for 97 in a touchdown. And so, you know, I, he was a player that I liked uh, coming out of Virginia Tech. I, I don't think he's the most dynamic football player, but I think he's been able to step in for David Montgomery and give the Bills or the Bills, excuse me, the Bears what they're what they're needing at the running back position. And it's impressive for a guy that, you know, is only in his infancy of his career. I mean, he entered week five where he really kind of got the extended play with only three rushing attempts in the first four weeks of the season. So Herbert has um has helped ease the loss of David Montgomery for this Bears offense, and he's playing well. Not the only rookie running back that played well. No. Uh, I thought Stevenson did well against Dallas. Uh, he, we, we saw Damian Harris is banged up a little bit. He had five for 23 and a touchdown, uh, but also completed or had three receptions for 39 yards in the passing game. Uh, so like to see uh, one of these early day three backs, one of our, uh, man crush players, or at least one of my man crush players, Chris Evans had a productive day out of the backfield as they, they continue in Cincinnati to look to uh, manage Joe Mixon because he's been banged up a little bit. He had a full rushing workload this past week. Uh, lo and behold, uh, they sat starters. Cincinnati did, I think, nine minutes left in the game. They pulled like all their offensive starters out of the game. It was like Joe Burrow was out and Joe Mixon was out. And it was like, oh, wow, okay. Like, I'm not messing around, man. <laughs> nope, nope. So that, that was uh, – I was surprised to see them have such a quick hook, but they, they obviously felt very comfortable and wrapped up yet another win. They're playing good football right now uh, in Cincinnati with the free agent additions on the defensive side of the ball and uh, Joe Burrow obviously in year two and, and got a nice little set of contributions from Chris Evans as a complimentary player in the backfield. Joe – I don't know how much of the game you saw against Seattle with Pittsburgh, but I would love to hear your thoughts on Najee Harris. Uh, he continues to be a productive player, but I don't know if his production is particularly efficient uh, as far as the volume of touches versus the output that he's getting. And what do we make of that? And oh, 3.4 yards per carry on 24 attempts. And it's, you know, it's like, He's a fantasy darling because he's touching the ball like 30 times yeah. a game. But, you know, how do we navigate how well he's actually playing beyond the fact that he has 34 receptions and another 102 rushing attempts? So he has 135 attempts in six games played for, for Pittsburgh thus far this season. Just an unreal 22.67 touches per game for Najee Harris. Yeah, I think I think Pittsburgh would love to be kind of what Tennessee's building with Derrick Henry in, in, in that type of situation. And I think when you consider the the handoff distribution for the Steelers, it you know, it kind of looks pretty similar to Tennessee where it's Derrick Henry in Tennessee and literally nobody else is touching the football. Pretty much the same thing in Pittsburgh where there's not many guys getting the ball besides Najee Harris. And here's what I'll say about Najee, and I, I think we can all agree that the, the production feels kind of empty. There, there's a lot of opportunity, and he's been able to to gain some yards, and whether that's having some big receiving games or the big game against Denver running the football last week. But 
I don't envy this situation for Najee Harris, where you have an offensive line that features a couple of rookie starters and um, some stopgap type players that I don't think are long-term answers at this point. And so you have a, a, a work in progress offensive line. And, you know, I think so much of a, of a running back's vision is making blocks right and understanding how guys are going to block and fit blocks and all that type of stuff and how they're going to establish leverage. And so he doesn't have that piece working for him yet at this point. And then you have a passing game that is played so, so close to the vest where everything is quick, balls out of the hands. And so he's facing defenses that don't really have to be spread out. They don't have to defend every blade of grass in the field. And so the looks just are not favorable for Najee Harris. So I think he's a player that has a bright future and obviously the the workload's going to be there for him. But I don't know that we're going to see the best of Najee Harris until this passing game can open up and be consistent. And, you know, as the offensive line continues to kind of mold itself together and, and be what they want it to be. So those dynamics are kind of challenging for a guy who's asked to be the focal point of the offense right away in, in his rookie season. Uh, how about the, sp- speaking of the Pittsburgh Steelers? I think we got to shout out Pat Fryermuth, seven catches on seven targets, 58 yards. And the tight end class has been slow to deliver this year. Uh, obviously, Kyle Pitts is heating up a little bit, but Fryermuth was kind of always that second guy. And it was good to see him have some production in their the, the, the Seattle game, seven catches on seven targets. Uh, Jamar Chase continues to be a weekly shout out um, in the preseason feels like a hundred years ago. I mean, this guy's producing big plays week in and week out. He He's delivering. And then I, I do want to get your thoughts on Jalen Waddle, a two touchdown performance on Ted catches for 70 yards. So it's like Jalen Waddle is this unreal big play guy. And, and he's, he's had some games where the volume has been there. And obviously you love the two touchdowns, but it feels like, it's not the yards per reception that I think anybody expected for Waddle. Oh, it's because they're not utilizing him. And uh, Mike Gusecki took a lot of the Y cross or or deep over routes against Jacksonville. He had four receptions of 20 plus yards in this football game alone and probably could have had another 10 if the offensive staff kept calling it instead of trying to sit on a lead, which is what you saw transpire uh, yet again for Miami. So, you know, Jalen, I, I think about his route distribution, and this is one of the nice things that I, I do enjoy about uh, next-gen stats is they have the kind of the route maps where you can mm-hmm. see very clearly who's being asked to do what. And ran one, two, three, four routes beyond 10 yards of distance down the field um, in which he was targeted the entire game. And the vast majority of them were quick hitters, stuff within eight yards of the line of scrimmage. You know, they're starting to do some of the uh, the orbit motion or the return motion where he's getting that big swing out of the backfield or the bubbles with the RPO. And uh, both of his touchdowns down in the red zone, one was a sight adjustment uh, in, in which they they signaled a, a quick slant and he scored on that. The other one was with motion and they kind of ran a rub and got him the ball um, in the flat behind the line of scrimmage. So uh, I think it's really hard to get a gauge on just how good Jalen Waddle can be because they're leaning very heavily on the chemistry he, that he has with Tua Tagovailoa, but they're not really asking him 
to run the deep routes down the field. Whereas you look at my, I mean, Mike Gusecki was literally targeted one, two, three, four, five times on just Y cross, like all between 10 and 20 yards down the field. Waddle got one target beyond 10 yards or one catch beyond 10 yards down the field. One of the targets they gave him credit for was on a scramble drill. I don't really count it as credit as a, a target. So what they're doing with him is kind of hoping he's going to create the big play, but they're not commanding enough respect to get teams to back off and give him space to really get started after the catch. I, uh, I've been tracking the offensive linemen for the, the rookies this year, and, and there's not a whole lot different this week in terms of the guys we've seen starting all year, except for we did have two offensive tackles make their NFL starting debut. One of them, Christian Darisoff for the Minnesota Vikings, uh, started that game at left tackle against Carolina. I thought he played really well, particularly as a pass blocker. I think you have to probably go back and watch the tape to really understand what he did in the run game. But uh, I keyed in on him watching that game live, and I thought he held his own against a Carolina team that features a lot of good pass rushers. And then uh, for the, the Cleveland Browns, who have injuries to both Jed Wills and Jack Conklin, James Hudson, a fourth-round rookie out of Cincinnati, he started at right tackle against Arizona, and um, you know he had gotten some run the past couple of weeks, um, get his feet wet, and now he had to start this week. And uh, he, I, I tried to pay attention to him. I won't. I don't. I'm not going to say here. I watched him as much as I did Darisaw. He seemed to be okay. I, I don't think he's quite to the level of Conklin or Wills. Right? He's more of a backup at this point that has developmental traits. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to shout out the two starting offensive linemen uh, who did not give up a single pressure in week six uh, as starters and who played the entirety of their games. Okay. Uh, those being Rashawn Slater, with 42 opportunities, and Trey Hill, uh, George Bulldogs with the Cincinnati Bengals. He, he took snaps, uh, 36 snaps at right guard and 13 snaps at center for Cincinnati in week six. Oh, wow. And neither one of those two guys conceded the pressure. Kyle Krabs out here with compliments for the Bengals here a couple of different times. They're so. playing winning football right now. Yeah. I mean, how can you not – you got to compliment and tip your cap, and they're, they're exceeding my expectations for sure. Yeah. Not a single defensive rookie this week recorded a sack. Time not out. a single one. Timeout. 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 Poor, poor hosting we, there by Joe Marino. Poor hosting. We we can't switch to the other side of the ball without talking about our friends over at Prize Picks. Thank you, Kyle. Hello? Somebody understood what we Hello. were doing here on the show. Joe didn't get the message, but Kyle did. I got to tell everybody about Prize Picks, the easiest way to play daily fantasy. Daily fantasy simplified. So we're not we're not picking defensive players over here in daily fantasy. It's not what we do. That's why we talk about prize picks after the offensive players. You pick two to five players and an over under on their projections, and you can win up to ten times on any entry. They have a ton of stats to choose from: yards, receptions, touchdowns, fantasy points, and more. The thing that I like the most that I would love to see Joe try out is uh, the mixed sport entry. So having some football oh. stuff in there, but also maybe a little basketball. Basketball, a little baseball, uh, 
stuff in there as well. You can do that. You can take an over on, let's say, LeBron with the NBA starting and then an under on, let's say, Patrick Mahomes. They offer every sport you can think of, NFL, college football, college basketball, NBA, MLB, soccer, MMA, and a whole lot more. Uh, They have an easy-to-use mobile app on both Android and Apple, so you can get it on the App Store or the Google Play Store. These entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. And do we have a deal for you? Use the code TDN when you make your first deposit over at Price Picks, and you are going to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 over at Price Picks. All right, Joe, now you can talk about the defense. Yeah, no defensive players had a sack. That's a rookie in, in week six. And I like, uh, I like to look at the rookie sacks and uh, was pretty heartbroken to see that nobody that's a first-year player got home this past weekend in the NFL. But we did have a couple of interceptions. Trayvon Merrick, Raiders. Robert Rochelle also claiming interceptions this week. And I will say this about uh, – because I watched Panthers and Vikings at, at 1 o'clock Eastern time. Keith Taylor played a lot for them at corner. And I thought he held his own. He came up, gave up some stuff in the passing game. But for the most part, I thought he was – competitive in coverage. He had a big time force fumble in that game that gave Carolina a chance. It was a big time play. So uh, he's a guy that I thought was a bit raw, but um, with the injuries Carolina's had at corner, he had to play. And I thought he held his own against Minnesota. You know who else held their own? And I understand he's playing against Geno Smith, but Trey Norwood for Pittsburgh Mm. got like a dozen reps in the slot and was targeted like four or five times. And, uh, had a nice pass defense, and I think he only gave up. I think it was like less than ten yards receiving. He had three three balls completed on him on uh, four or five targets, and he was really scrappy. He made a couple plays that that flashed out loud to me. So, uh, since we're talking about kind of unheralded guys, that was a guy who really jumped out to me that I was pretty impressed with. Good pull there. Good name pull there. I saw uh, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa is banged up. Right? Did he have an injury? Let's hope that's not too serious. Uh- because mm-hmm. that would that would be very disappointing. Um, Derek Barnes for the the Detroit Lions. If anybody caught any of that game, um, he's claiming more playing time. Obviously, as they kind of work through, I, I thought some odd linebackers that they had, and uh, I thought he played well. If you if you were able to watch much of that Cincinnati game, I thought Derek Barnes was a, was a bright spot. I always like watching him play. Man, he his motor is is cranked. All the time. He's a fun football player. I do have to give a little bit of a shout to Javon Holland. Uh, I'm very excited in that Javon Holland, the last two weeks, he's taken over the starting free safety role and they're starting to move him around. Uh, He's in the nickel, he's in the box. Uh, He had a couple of pass rush opportunities and manufactured two pressures to go along with uh, his role in coverage. and, And he had. Uh, would have had a, a near interception and it was a really nice break on the ball that somehow was flagged for unnecessary roughness because there was incidental contact with the helmets as he was trying to catch the football. Um, so I thought that was a little disheartening that that was a really nice play by Holland and, and he was penalized for trying to make a play on the ball, but he had 14 snaps inside the box to go with 49 snaps as a, a deep high free safety and a handful of snaps in the slot as well. So who are Miami, they kind of started him and slow played him with, you know, we're going to let you do one thing and he's starting to move around a little bit and he's, you're starting to see his presence more and more and more. And um, 
that versatility and, and that quickness is starting to fall in line. So uh, keep an eye on it. feels like Javon Holland, we're probably uh, in the ne- next couple of weeks going to see that, that breakthrough turnover forced uh, that, you know, we gave a shout out to a couple of the guys like Robert Rochelle for getting their first one for the Rams uh, and Trevor Morag for the Raiders this week. We probably should have saw this coming for Javon Holland. Like for as much work as we did on him, pegging him to a Belichick disciple was probably something a little more obvious than, than we thought about at the time, right? He's kind of perfect for what they like to do. And and I'm sure that uh, coach Flores will continue to get the most out of him and, and, get him in situations and make plays. So nice, nice player there for, for Miami. What about Lee McNeil? Yeah. Love yeah. For Lee McNeil. Lions. Yeah. Yeah. Played well. Detroit. Played well. Yeah. Him and Derek. So Barnes, Barnes McNeil, a lot of young guys on that defense, foundational year, kneecap biters. Let's go, man. Anything else? Levi- Any other defensive rookies? No, I was hoping that there'd be more sacks to talk about, but, you know, not this week. Not this week. Chris, how did you enjoy your peaceful week without the Jets play? You know, I'm not as angry as I normally am on a Monday or a Tuesday after the Great. Jets play, so so that's that's nice. Um, but, yeah, just it felt like when – and I always wait because Joe puts this list together and he writes down the names of just all the, the, the guys and he puts in the list for us. And I'm, I'm always intrigued to see what names make his list. And I was really intrigued this week because it just – it wasn't a whole lot that happened, right? It just didn't feel like this was going to be a big uh, lengthy show. But, uh, but yeah, no, there were some good performances this week. We're back at it next week. The Jets are back in action, so I can be angry next Tuesday. Don't worry. Well, we look forward to you being as angry and as begrudged as I am these days not joe joe can't relate even amongst a uh a rare loss uh for the bills days i think about what joe's life has been like and going back to the start of 2020 <laughs> till now and i simply cannot relate so he's now the the resident afc east hated hated uh fan base uh for envy purposes if Listen, nothing else so you, you, know, you don't get to talk no no this is good this is good this is a good piece of information it's not even about the bills they say when when you lose, I got to get this right. When you lose, say little, and when you win, say even less. So there you go. Look at look at how high and mighty that comment was. Like just yeah, yeah. it's just, just us, man. us, us yeah. simpletons down here. Yep. yep, us Neanderthals clanging rocks together. I'm just trying Goes to maintain healthy friendships with people I care about, you know? Well, I got to tell you, yeah, giving no. us that quote didn't help. You didn't help. Well, yourself. I thought it would be helpful. I'm sorry. You know, I missed another miscalculation by Joe Marino. Not a math guy. That's going to do it for us here on the Draft Dudes podcast. Kyle Krabs with Chris Schubert and Joe Marino. Thanks, as always, for checking the show out. Come on back. See us tomorrow. Hit subscribe on the podcast. We thank our friends at Bet Online. Uh, for their continued support of the show, in addition to our new friends over at Prize Pick. Lowe's knows top outdoor power equipment, and now's the time to get your yard ready for spring with Ego Outdoor Power Equipment starting at 219. Experience the latest innovations in outdoor battery power from Ego, like Speed IQ technology that adapts mower speed to your stride. 
Get continuous non-stop trimming with the Line IQ String Trimmer and get added steering wheel precision with the E-Steer Zero-Turn Mower. Shop Ego, the number one rated brand in cordless outdoor power. Only at Lowe's today.